We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley with the biggest stories of the day. It's the Big Three at Three. Number one. All right, um... Clint Sterner first. He is out. He is in Mexico enjoying himself. Uh, <laughs> Sean Bajani is in uh, today. We've had a good time, a great first hour. You may know him as Sean Bajani, but you also may know him there as we go. Uh, the, the deleter. The deleter. The man, the myth, the deleter is with us. All right, a little news. Uh, update us here, Tyler, with the latest on the uh, interview situation with the Texans. I know they've interviewed multiple guys, but let us uh, keep us updated right now on the te- the Texans coaching search. That is correct, sir. They have interviewed multiple candidates the Texans have. They have had one candidate uh, now drop out. He has withdrawn, and he has withdrawn from consideration of all coaching opportunities. That is Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. So that is a scratch. We had uh, the two interviews yesterday, Ajiro, Aviro, and Thomas Brown. Obviously, we know Sean Payton earlier this week. But uh, now all eyes are on D'Amico Ryans, the former Texan, now 49ers defensive coordinator. He is expected to interview with the Texans either tomorrow or on Friday. We'll keep you up to date with the latest on that. All right. Also, the latest, Ben Johnson, he's he, he is uh, – he's – He's out, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I said yeah. that. Yeah, is that what you yeah. said? Yep. He's out. Yeah, Ben Johnson, he is. Uh, he has checked himself out. Not just with the Texans, correct? Everybody. All teams, yeah. All teams. Ben Johnson. It, that, that's our. <laughs> I want to stop here. He, that's interesting because I think he was a hot, a hot name, a hot young guy, a yeah. guy that uh, had the fourth best offense uh, mm-hmm. in the game with the Lions. And we just mentioned Jarrett Golf. The last person to make Jarrett Golf look good was Sean McVay, and now Ben. Ben Johnson was able to do that. But I kind of respect him. Sounds like he's doing very similar to what D'Amico Ryans did. D'Amico Ryans had a couple of interviews last year. I know one in particular with the Vikings and then felt like, let me get another year yeah. to, to, to season here. And I respect Ben Johnson going back to Detroit for another year. And I'm guessing probably Dan Campbell will probably work with him about a little bit more head coaching responsibilities and to watch this I think that's a really good move. I, I respect Ben Johnson. I, I always think those are interesting decisions, especially for younger coaches that, you know, have ascended to the level now at such a young age where, yeah, they've got some success and a resume they can point to and have an opportunity to go be the head coach somewhere, but have the foresight to, and we don't know what it comes down to, but I, I think too, like, for Johnson and maybe even a Steichen or a Gannon, if they decide that neither one of these destinations is a right fit for them, like, I still have some things to see through here. Like, I'm still building something. You know, my resume is what it is right now, but boy, I could really do, some, do something special here in Philadelphia or in Detroit or wherever it is. So, 
they're young. They've got the opportunity to be able to kind of sit back and be patient, maybe like Eric Bieniemy over the last few years. Maybe there hadn't just been a fit for him. He certainly deserves a job, but maybe it hasn't fit him or certainly no, outweighed they, they, his they, opportunity they in Kansas just, City. Yeah, they're just good on, on Eric. That, that's clear. Eric, <laughs> Eric won a job. Trust, I know Eric won a job. They just good on Eric right now. Um, and they, but they, but I don't think I don't think Ben's got to worry about his situation being like Eric. I think I think Ben another year unless unless he goes Byron Leftwich and you know everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and still in that point, I think Ben it, it won't it won't matter. Mike Kafka's the the, uh, the the coach of the 18th ranked offense right now, and he's and he's under an offensive guy, and he is blowing up. So. Yeah. As long as like it just doesn't fall apart for Ben, um, I, I think he's fine. But I, it's interesting because I I think he had a chance to be one of the guys around the league that Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, people, to where they're really young, and I'm not sure that that teams really expected that they were going to hire that guy, mm-hmm. but he impressed them so much. I, I I think Ben had a chance to do that, but. I, like I said, I I, I I can respect this big time and understand, like, all right, man, let me let me take my time. There's still some seasoning that I need that I, I need to get through. I think teams feel quite similarly about Thomas Brown that way, too. You know, he's yeah. so young and impressive, but he'll get his opportunity. It may not be this year, but at some point in the next two or three years. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, that is the latest. Ben Johnson taking his name out of the hat. One guy who is off the board now for the Texans. Big three and three. Number two. The one, two. Fair ball and picked by Mancini. Off of the bench for Guriel and Trey Mancini keeps the Astros in front. All right, that's uh what was that was that the only moment? Hey, that was a big ass moment though. <laughs> was that one of the only moments? That was game five of the World Series, two outs in the eighth, men on the corners for the Phillies. And and who that knows what play. happens if Trey Mancini doesn't that stab that ball in first base. He had just gone in the game too. Yep. As a defensive replacement. Ball will find you. I'm telling you. He just <laughs> gone in. And quick. God, do you yeah. do you remember like we talked about at the start of the show, BK Havit your way, just putting you in a happy space. Do you remember how happy everybody was and the look on Trey's face when he finally got that hit in game six? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the look on his face, God, I was so happy because it was so hard to watch. Him and and, and, and Lemus Diaz. And he's such a likable guy, he too. He is, you know, with the with everything he's been through. His story is great with him overcoming cancer. But to watch him and Diaz in the biggest moment of their professional careers just have the worst, the absolute worst moment in time. And just couldn't do anything. Could hit nothing. Diaz had to resort to yeah. trying to step in and stand across the plate to get hit, and it didn't count. And he was, and he didn't have a chance to, to make contact. But, uh, but that that was a rough watch. So I'm happy that that Mancini is is going uh, is going to the Cubs. He's gonna figure it out because he's a good ball player. We were excited about him because he was a proven baseball player it within the Orioles apart. system. I mean, look, a six, seven-year career in Baltimore, you thought you were going to get some Well, you remember the start, right? The start when he got it. he hit like three or four home runs yeah. his first few games, and you were like, man, this is going to be great, and then an Ofer slump like none other. It's interesting what they what they do there in Chicago because they did also sign Eric Hosmer, who was also a first baseman out there, and maybe maybe they'll 
maybe they'll have less fear of playing him in the outfield that the Astros did, and obviously they can use him at DH too. Um, but but I, I think there is something to to Sean and, and Tyler to the point of I still believe with him and Christian Vasquez, them not getting every day at bats like they were used to getting, because where they were before, both of them were starters and getting everyday reps. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, we we always continue to say how baseball is a rhythm game, a a daily repetition game, and you got to get those reps. You got to play every day, and, yeah. and, and and players don't want to have multiple days off, right? Because it can mess with things. They want to play every day, and when you look at them now, some of it was due to their struggles, but they just weren't getting every day at bats like he was in Baltimore, like he was uh, in, in Boston in Vasquez's case. I think that had a lot to do with the slumps and struggles that they went into. You know, you getting three at bats, four at bats a week as opposed to hitting every day, and that's going to give you problems. So I think him getting every day at bats, I won't be surprised, Sean, if we look up and we see a very much improved Trey Mancini. No doubt. I, I fully expect it because that's that's the ball player that he's been before he became a Houston Astro. I mean, it's tough Like when you've been comfortable. He was their best player. He was the fan favorite. And you go to a completely different city, you're hearing new voices. And, you know, look, good coaches are going to allow you to work through some things you know, before they kind of apply their two cents. And I'm sure the Astros coaches did that with Mancini. It just didn't pan out here. But dude's a ball player came up in the biggest moment uh, when it mattered most and made that huge play in the World Series. So that, play, that ground ball play. Did you pull that? Did you pull, I could just see him right now. Just his, The highlight that I played? His lanky, his lanky ass having to get down and get that ball. I'm happy for <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Boy, because if I – mean, could you imagine – like Tyler, what Tyler would have had his ass, and, 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 and the other fighting Tyler's, hardcore Astros fans, if he hit the way he hit and didn't make that play. I mean, I would have oh. been upset, but I wouldn't have oh, gave him like the Odorizzi treatment because yeah, he didn't act like a turd like Odorizzi did. You'd have been completely done. And ultimately, Mancini ended up contributing to the Houston Astros light years more than Jake sucks to suck Odorizzi ever did. So I'm just thankful it happened, man. <laughs> All right, um, as we look and move towards the NFL, um, this is just coming from Josina Anderson about the Raiders quarterback situation. Josina said, I'm told the Raiders are still working through their options at quarterback. They have not made a decision on the exact path at this time. The expectation is they'll explore Tom Brady option in due time as one of these paths come about. Um... Not a shocker. No, it's not a shocker. The Raiders are really interesting. Um, they they have they have talent in a lot of <clears throat> a lot of good areas, and then they have horrific horrific talent in other areas that are important. You know, like offensive line and in secondary. They're, those are like their two real weak spots, but they got. You know, a great running back who led the league in rushing this year. They've got maybe the best wide receiver in the game who uh, who was right up there in terms of yards. They've got a great playmaking tight end as well. they got yeah. a couple of them. Foster Moreau is really good as well. But I just I, – I think Tom Brady is just silly. 
And I, I, I understand the excitement, and, and I know it'll be a really cool story with him going to Vegas. And I understand his history with Josh McDaniels, who I think is an awful head coach, and he's continued to prove it time and time again. But, like, I don't think Tom Brady, and it's going to sound crazy, I don't think Tom Brady is just going to make the Raiders better. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, Tom is done to me. Uh, and I don't, I don't think Tom Brady, now that's maybe a, a, an aggressive take to some, but I'm watching Tom Brady to put him in a place where bad, where he has bad offensive line play and a below average head coach, I don't think is, a, is, is what's going to be a, a, a great thing. And he's in a much tougher division. Yeah, the, the division it, is the issue, you know, probably more than anything else. But I mean, it's not a, it's not too strong of a take. It's just the take that we've had for about the last five straight years. That if you keep saying it, eventually you're going to be right. And I don't know that I'm ready to really say that yet because everything that you'd mentioned about the Raiders, which is true in terms of the talent, um, especially that they do have, were the shortcomings that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady experienced this year. And right, yeah, like, like I mean, so listen, it'd be it'd be him stepping Devontae, into a better situation, talent wise, divisionally, eh, head coach wise, mm, but there is a familiarity there, so I'm willing to to kind of you know weigh the balance there. Listen, listen, I don't, Tampa's defense took steps back this year, but they're a better defense than the Raiders. I agree with that. Right, Hell, you know what I mean? Like Tampa Bay's defense kept them in ball games for the most a, part this year to allow Tom to do def- Tom things. Like the Raiders have some. I I pop Max Crosby is a really good pass rusher. Chandler Jones, when healthy, is a good pass rusher, but he's getting older. But other than that, man, they are awful all the way around. Now, they've got a better running game, which mm-hmm. absolutely crushed them. That's if they keep their back, right? Like, it, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He can, he can leave. Uh, and do they want to give him new money? And listen, Devontae Adams, I think, is one of the best receivers in football, but Mike Evans is is one of the best receivers in football too. Chris Godwin is a better number two receiver than than uh, uh, than than the kid out of Clemson whose name has just completely escaped me. Uh, the second coming of Wes Welker and, and company, but but uh, but but he's a bet. Like they've got the talent is comparable there. Mm-hmm. I think it's Tom. Tom. Tom is done. <laughs> like Tom Brady is done, and Tom Brady. With a team like the Raiders, is not in the business of, of winning a championship. I know that makes some people uncomfortable, uh, but but Tom is, is dumb. He doesn't want to get hit anymore. They've got top was. 10 money to spend this offseason, but don't let that fool you because it's not a lot of money. No, it's it, top it, 10 money. They would have to really get creative if Tom's going to be an spend, option they got to spend money on Tom, too. All right, yeah. you, you had something that, that, that just dropped real quick. Uh, you just got this. This about the potential uh, Zoom... Uh, interview between Sean Payton and the and the Texans. Yeah, this is some audio. It's a quick clip, but this is coming from uh, Saints beat reporter Nick Underhill. So he's a very plugged in guy with the New Orleans Saints, and uh, he shared some words. Again, a quick clip on uh, what he's hearing about Payton and the Texans. Heard that the the meeting with Houston last night went really well. Um, both sides were impressed with one another. I think that's probably going to be the feeling coming out of a lot of these. All right. Uh, so we we heard. Uh, the context is, is still a little choppy there with Colin Cowherd. Sounded like he was describing uh, the Texans organization, but there another report saying the interview went well between Sean Payton and the Texans. The interview 
uh, from a couple days ago, the Zoom interview. So that is still positive signs there. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, that that's the only thing out of context that we've heard from from Colin Cowherd. Like to hear more of that uh, to see the that, total. That's deal. a must, and that's a big one for the Texans yeah. organizationally because you wanted that. If if nothing else, if Sean Payton was just doing this as a due diligence kind of a thing. For nothing else, the fact that he sat down with you was a great look for the organization. But the you fact, needed the news to be positive after. Not just the fact that he sat down with you. He was talking you up Yeah, with, with Colin Cowherd before. Facts. Right? And, and, and if Cowherd has something, if Cowherd is being completely, if he comes out and says, basically alludes to, I'm hearing from Sean Payton's camp, that it felt like the Texans were, the Texans were delusional, in the Zoom interview, I would think if he's going to say that on air, that not only is it true, but that Sean Payton is okay with with it being out. So um, that that's an interesting one to watch. But still positive news there from that. All right, a lot happening from the Texans and especially this stuff here with the Rockets here uh, of late. Nobody, uh, nobody better who covers them in this city than Brandon Scott. He is going to join us. Uh, to get the latest uh, on what is happening with everything that happened with John Wall and the Rockets. All that. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. That's right, as uh, The Drive is live, Sean, the deleter, Johnny is in the building uh, but we got a, uh, a special guest, uh, and uh, that is uh, Brandon Nathania Scott. <laughs> Skeezy! <laughs> Brandon Nathania, not to be confused with Nathania Hackett, uh, joins us, uh, and uh, he covers uh, he covers everything here. 
Uh, you can catch all his work on SportsRadio610.com. You can catch him on uh, on, on uh, Clint Sterner in the show on Friday. He'll be in with us. That's right. Um, but, uh, Brandon, so this uh, – I, I couldn't think of anybody else to turn to. Um, uh, I know he means he couldn't think of anyone better to turn to be. It, wasn't, just, an, it wasn't an insult. Not just better. Anybody else? <laughs> I, I, there's nobody else I could turn to right now. Yeah. Better or what? Yeah, and and for better or worse, I am way too knee deep into this uh, oh, <laughs> into I, this exact topic. Uh, well, so know so you're, you're correct about with that. the with this rocket situation. And yeah. then there's a lot that happened. John Wall came out and did a, a podcast I was not aware of. Uh, that Theo Pinson had a podcast. I didn't either. I didn't know. I didn't even. I've never thought of Theo Pinson's name in in forever. But maybe a better podcaster than basketball player. I would, that's He's got a good shot at it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. he. But but he let John Wall go, and John Wall did not uh, hold back at all. Talked about the organization. Talked about them purposefully tanking. Uh. Talked about lineups. Just took out that Patton fellow who still I believe is struggling. Uh, where he is today, we're praying for you. Um, and, and talked about the organization, brought up uh, uh, brought up the general manager, Raphael Stone, saying he told Stephen Silas, the head coach, to sit him down. All these things. Talked about a lot of different things. And I guess where I want to start, uh, B, is, like, how bad is this for the Rockets? How bad? Some things you hear out of a, a disgruntled player, some could say this, but how bad are these claims that, that John Wall is making? How bad is this for them? It's, it's very bad. And I think more than anything, like I don't think that his claims are going to be any more damaging than like the fact that he's saying it is going to be any more damaging than the fact that it's just actually happening. And all it is is highlighting what's wrong with this organization and really more so, I think you guys were hitting on this earlier, of how it's sort of been masked or maybe they've been allowed to operate in the background or in the shadows of everything else that's wrong with with Houston pro sports, namely the football team. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the focus locally has been on that. Mm. And with basketball, Sean Bajani, you were hitting on this earlier. It's a long season. It's really easy to forget about the have-nots or the teams that are tanking or the teams that aren't any good. Unless you're some type of league pass subscriber and somebody that just watches meaningless games, there's not really a reason for you to fixate on what's going on with the Rockets. It's like, Wake me up when they're good again. Wake me up when they're relevant again. Right. But in the midst of it all, here they are seemingly in the perfect position to rebuild their team with these draft picks. And this, to, to me, honestly, this is why whenever we talk about jobs and the quality of jobs or the attractiveness of jobs, that all of that is not done in a vacuum or on paper. You don't. The job isn't simply just what it is on paper because on paper it looks great. They got the number two overall pick, Jalen Green. They got the number three overall pick, Jabari Smith Jr. They've got a really good chance to get the number one overall pick. And if there's a way to get out of this mess, it's going to be getting that number one overall pick because we know it's on the other side of that. Victor. Okay, Victor, okay? But underneath all of that is organizational structure mm. and the people that are in charge of making it all come together. And that is what the big concern is. That, to me, is what the concern would be with the Texans' job. Not what it is on paper, because they got all those draft picks. They got all that money and, and cap space and opportunity and all of that. Like, all of that sounds great on paper. But none of this stuff is done on paper. You still got to work with the people in the building. You still got to trust the people that are the architects of it all and the ones that are entrusted with, again, making it come all together. You still got to make good decisions even if you have. Exactly. You've got to cash in on all of these assets and everything that you described that looks so good on paper. And that's the thing that they haven't done, not even necessarily with just the picks, because the number three pick last year, probably the right move in Jabari Smith. 
the number two pick. You can debate it on who you wanted out of Jalen Green or Evan Mobley or if you wanted them to get Scotty. You can debate that all you want. But the issue isn't who they picked. It's the way that they've nurtured them and how they've developed them. Yes. And, and that's, that's coming out more and more with these players. And that's what John Wall is speaking to. That's the, that's the heart of the issue. And to me, more than anything, it's accountability. The fact that nobody on the team is really held accountable or held to any kind of standard. I said this even about the Texans, and I'll say it about the Rockets, maybe even more so in a lot of ways, that no one really understands or has like been able to clearly state what is the standard and expectation around here. And I don't feel like one has been said. There's no standard. There's no expectation. There's no example. Going back to Austin Rivers had comments a couple of weeks ago saying somebody needs to teach these guys, talking about Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., how to play the right way. This, to me, just echoes that. that they, there is no organizational structure. When I was doing the podcast with Adam Spillane this morning, H-Town Who's Podcast, I said it's basically an organization with no organization that, that needs to organize. Yeah, but so, how do you, that, how, so that's where we're at. How do you get to that point? Yeah. Because we all understand the process from its impetus, right? The, the, the exodus of James Harden and obviously John Wall and this whole thing, you're clearing cap space, getting rid of some of these bad contracts, but the influx of young talent, okay, and the, the staff to nurture, to do everything that you'd said. Like, what, what is happening here under the watch of Tillman Fertitta, a guy who is seeing the complete opposite take effect, you know, just a few minutes down the road at the University of Houston and see what that staff and that program is doing with that influx of talent. How is he allowing this to kind of transpire? Like, what what is the, what is the ticking clock? Like, how long is this thing going to take, and why is he being so, mm. I, I guess you know, non-vocal about this when upon his initial stake in ownership here, he was very vocal. He was very seen. He was very heard. Yeah, so the a couple of things on that. The biggest difference between what's going on at U of H, and this is just college sports in general versus pro, is Kelvin Sampson, the head coach at U of H, is also, in effect, the general manager. Like, yeah, he's the one. The he picks the players and coaches them. It doesn't work that way in the NBA. Real quick on Tillman Fertitta, I actually prefer he take the keep the the hands off approach. I would just also prefer that he hire better people. Because to me, similar to Cal McNair, very very similar to Cal McNair. Because because to me, to answer your question more directly, it starts with management. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this is a management issue. This is a general manager issue. When I talk about accountability, the word I just used, accountability, that to me starts up high. And it's Rafael Stone that is running the show. He's the one that's deciding how the tank goes and like he's basically sort of the puppet master sure and steven silas just gets to sort of i don't know what he is yeah he's he's just kind of really the he's really just sort of the, the name and the face of it all the one that has to answer for it all so again to answer your question it starts with hiring better management or getting if you're going to stick with the management that you have they've got to be better they've got to hold players more accountable or Bring in a coach or give the coach that you have more autonomy and the ability to hold players accountable. Whether it's the GM or the coach or both, somebody's got to step up and and like you know speak with their chest. Brandon Scott, you got a podcast. You and uh, 
you and Adam Spolane that you've not allowed me to come on yet. Uh, how, how often? We how, haven't had any guests yet. Just, just, that's, just that's to be fine. clear. Just, so, so, so we haven't chosen anybody above you. <laughs> so Show Sean, does a podcast with his old producer, Sean, Scott. Sean Don't let well, him fool you. I mean, this was obviously a January, February conversation. So you can just march your way on out. <laughs> Sean, obviously, that might be the lamest thing you've ever uh, said. And I'm disappointed. And I'm, I've got a few more down the. But. <laughs> But we haven't been on it. But but tell them how often people can uh can hear. Yeah, it. man, we do it twice a week. Um, we do it twice a week. Normally, uh, in the beginning of the week and the end of the week. So we're not just reacting to every game. We might let a couple of games go by and then recap the week that was or the last couple of days that was because it just fits best with our schedule. But we do that a couple of times a week. H Town Hoops podcast is an Odyssey production. So obviously, you can get it on the Odyssey app. But you can also get it pretty much wherever you get your podcast. B. Scott on this. I think a lot of people are wondering. Now, we didn't got into Tillman Fertitta. Yeah. Is this this information from John Wall big enough somebody's going to lose their job? No, I because I don't think John Wall revealed, and, and to, just to be fair to everybody that's involved here, I don't think he told a complete story. I, th- I think he told some his story. I think, he, I think he told – Yes, his story, his perspective, and some truths. There's probably more to what John Wall's talking about than just exactly what John Wall said. But I don't think he revealed anything to anyone within the building that they didn't already know. And certainly, like, Rockets press corps and people who follow the team were kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah, he's but saying something there. Because everybody, everybody knows this. Everybody has a good sense for this, and it's just like, not enough people are – it feels like not but enough people with, are paying attention. But within it, like, you don't think Tillman is getting itchy with the embarrassment of what this is. Like, this this could – I mean, they're on course to have the third worst – the third third year in a row, the worst record in the sport. And right. I, I just I just wonder if, like, man, you know, I love you, Raphael, but you ain't – like, you're not making – like, this thing ain't moving. No. Yeah. Yeah. My only guess on that is and that it's going to be the last straw. Yeah, but my my only guess on that, the reason why it wouldn't be, is that he's been sold on the tank. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you can sell somebody on, just like when you hear Texans fans saying it's a three to five year process before yeah. you can get no, good. I, I was gonna say, I well, think, in that case, then to hell with it. What are we talking yeah, about? Because you've given up. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But I think he's been sold on it. But I yeah. think Cal was sold on it. And then Cal popped off. I believe Cal and Hannah were. I think they were. They were good with what Nick's plan was. Until they start rolling in there and seeing that they they were having embarrassments on the field in terms of their fan base and everything, and I think he then said, "Well, we got to we got to change course." And, and I'm wondering if that is no, that's it. And then those are the decision makers that matter the most. Yeah. So if you convince them of the wrong thing, then where else do you go? Yeah. yeah. That's Brandon Scott. Check out his podcast, H Town Hoops. You can find it on Odyssey wherever you listen to your podcast. Appreciate appreciate you uh, for joining us. Coming up. We got to do a little wellness check on the Astros. A wellness check on the Astros. Tyler, please tell me when I ask you this question, you will have a different answer than the last time I asked you. We'll discuss that coming up next. What updates would you like? Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Trailer Roll and Frame text line is open as always. Um, as someone texted in, um, as we said, uh, check out H-Town Hoops podcast, BK, Brandon K, Brandon Nathania Scott, and uh, Adam Spolane twice a week. They have that podcast for you on the Odyssey app. You can check it, catch it. Said I haven't been on there yet. From the text line, show, 
They let people on their podcast. It's worth listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that. But they're obviously listening now, so hurt, you're worth listening to. Uh, to that person, uh, that gentleman or lady. Hurt people, hurt others. And I want you to know you're not hurting me, but I can tell you're hurting. You're <laughs> There we go. There we go. Pick me up. Look, pick me up right there. That's why he's the 10th best producer in all of Afternoon Drive, not located in Los Angeles or New York. Well, we're we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you, Tyler. Can we do a little wellness check? This is something that I want to continue to check. When is when is Fan Fest for the Astros? Fan Fest is a short, what, like three days? It's this Saturday. Okay, Saturday. The 21st. Tyler, I, I feel like maybe... You're taking a similar route, so maybe you do as well, Sean. As uh, Sean Bajani, that voice, that other voice you hear, he is in as Clint is out. Please tell me. They've taken Justin Verlander down off of that banner. No, I drove by it today. Come on, man. (laughs) No, sir. Justin Verlander's big old body and face are right on the side of Minute Maid Park. It's the the biggest one. Yeah. It's him. It's him. And a smaller smaller face of Jordan Alvarez and then an even smaller, and I think they did it just because he's small, of Jose Altuve in the huge... (laughs) The huge banner that drapes that thing down. So, so is it going to be a combination Astros and Mets fan fest so on saying, Saturday? The, the what ace, are we doing? The ace of the Mets and highest paid pitcher in baseball that, uh, however you put it, I don't blame him at all, chose the Mets It's still fresh, over baby. returning back to the Astros. I love you, JV. That banner. I love you, man. But but JV's wearing a different orange and blue now. And, and that, that's got to change, right? It'll change. I guarantee you the Jose Abreu when? banner is in production when? right now. When is it not going to win? You sound like Clint. Everybody that cheers. But no, sir. I, 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 listen, we've had some fun with it. Fan Fest is Saturday. And I don't know that for sure, but I'm just going off of Tyler. That will drop him in the producer standings if, if, if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> it's 100% the 25. It's 100%. It's Saturday. Someone just texted on the trailer wheel and frame text line. Literally just passed. Still there. I'm hoping this person didn't say, li- meant to say literally just passed it. It didn't say <laughs> no, literally just he passed He sent the out. asterisk it. Oh, there <laughs> the it is. follow-up okay. text. Still there. It just popped up for me. I was going to say literally just passed out. It's still there. That'd be a hell of a situation. I'm thankful for JV, man, but what the hell? I this mean, are, is, those, are those big posters I, I, expensive listen, or something? Listen, I'm going to say this right now because I I have a feeling where I think you're going to go with this. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm let you see. What do you think the explanation is for this? It's what they do every year. Whether you win a World Series, whether you don't well, win a World Series, baseball off seasons a short off season, so you have a limited amount of time to like get new swag, like printed, done, shipped to Minute Maid and hung up. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And the fact that maybe you want to let it linger and uh, hang on the building like a little longer, especially since you just won a World Series, it's not a big deal to me. Justin Verlander's one of the most responsible individuals for the success that this organization's had over the course of the last four years since he became a Houston Astro. Sean Marquan Bajani. Marquan. Oh, wow. <laughs> B. Scott like gets that. Nathaniel hey. and Bajani's. I'm going to take Marquan over <laughs> I the feel, deleter. I feel, like I feel like your parents were, had some fun. <laughs> Sean Marquan. Sean Marquan, get your ass in here. I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. Uh-huh. And maybe, and maybe I I am.
putting too much on the Houston Astros because of the other organizations that we have to sit and, and watch. But they're better than this. I, I put more on about? this. No, they're 100%. better than this. When, when did that thing end? When were we at Little Woodrow's? When was when did they, they clinch the World Series? <laughs> no, it was November. early November. Early, early November. Sixth. Early November. It is January eighteenth. They've had the they've had the parade. They've had all the pitchers and catchers are about to report next month. It took you all of five seconds to delete my entire section <laughs> on on the uh, on the rundown. It page. was forty <laughs> pages. Show y'all they nothing. Can, <laughs> it was a deleter, Marquan. <laughs> that can they can they can exchange that better. Like, you got to know, like, man, we can't have Justin Verlander still up here. Is banner stuff typically under the umbrella of duties for a general manager? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't have one. That's it. That's, that's it. Thing, yep. that's Come a, on. That's the other. solved it. <laughs> that's it. That's the other. Let me play someone. Bagwell, texted, get on it. Jim JB is going to retire an Astro. <laughs> well, I don't know if he is, but right now he plays for the New York Mets. <laughs> Jim Crane's getting called into the office, or Bagwell's getting called into Crane's <laughs> office right now. It's like. Bags, you had one job. Yeah, well, hell, yeah, well, you knew I wasn't <laughs> doing that, Jimmy. I'm not signing up for this. Not until Jordan gets I'm more a, time in the outfield. I'm a damn Hall of Famer. I'm not on banner duty, I'll tell you that. You it's see like, this goatee? No, seriously, that's the, that's the other wellness check. When they going to get this GM? They going to get a GM first, or they going to get this banner down? Ah, uh, banner down. Just, They'll get the banner down before they get I don't know how thing. to feel about that answer. Is this weird, though? <laughs> how... <laughs> I'll do. And listen, I know it, it's crazy. The Astros are the world champs. But you got so many resources. You got money. Hold on. The Astros are the world champs, Tyler and Sean. They're the world champs, and they are, I believe I've seen, the favorite to repeat. Yet they're the only team in baseball that have a general manager. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. just the damnedest thing. I just uh, And it was like not a non-story, literally, for like, what, the last three weeks, maybe a month. I'm literally, I'm sitting watching football about uh, a week ago and it just dawned on me and I pounded out a tweet. I was like, you know what? I've been lost in all this Texans crap. I forgot, like the Astros still don't have a general manager. And then, <laughs> and then I see this Chronicle story like a couple of days ago. Oh, they're actively interviewing candidates. And I'm like, well, who the hell are these candidates? What updates would you like? And this. <laughs> No, I think the banner comes down before they get a new general manager, but it's it's crazy. I hope well, I, hell, I hope so. I, Fan Fest is Saturday, damn it. Someone texted he won the uh, he was a part of uh, of winning a World Series. I get it. He's a part of the New York Mets. Yeah. But they, so was Framber. Is Dallas Keuchel still on the side of Minute Maid Park? He, so was the so was the World Series MVP. He was a part of it. Can it, he get on there? Mancini. They just took Keuchel down about six months ago. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh. He was up there forever put after Correa, the 17 season. Let's put Correa up there. Keigel struggled to stay on a AAA team. They were like, all I right, just, we'll get it down. Like, yeah. uh, Listen, I, I know. I, listen, maybe it's me. It's clearly not just me. It's also Tyler who drives past it and, 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 and is probably getting infuriated. But you got to believe there's somebody in the organization that drives by this thing and says, you know what, man? Man, that's Justin Verlander just loud as day right there. <laughs> Biggest face on the on the side. <laughs> that man makes $43 million for the man. Text message, Dick's Sporting Goods in Deerbrook Mall still has a pick of Will Fuller up. <laughs> That's up in my neck of the woods. Damn, I need Will to go check Fuller. that out. Oh, fight it, man. Will Fuller, that's a while ago. Yeah, this GM thing is, is interesting, man. That, yeah, that, that just, they're just taking their time.
with it. We'll see. I mean, if this team wasn't coming off of a World Series, this would be a much bigger story, right? The idea, the thought of Jeff so. Bagwell operating under general manager duties, like He's really? The GM. I mean, Jeff's really? The GM. Jeff's the GM. All right. Uh, too comfortable is, with this, Houston. This is interesting. We'll see here as uh, as we continue to roll here on the drive. Uh, th- this has been this has been Clint Tyler's favorite story of the week. We haven't gotten to this yet. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Did he? What did he do? He slid over the Waffle House. Is that what he did after the game? I mean, he is really embracing the Tiger Woods because I believe that's where. That's a that's some of the, the the areas where Tigers rendezvous happen with some of those Waffle oh, House yeah. uh, uh, waitresses, uh, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, but is but but old, old uh, Trevor Lawrence goes to Waffle House after his first playoff victory. I, th- th- this is wild. This was Trevor Lawrence. I, I didn't even know you. I didn't even know you could make reservations at Waffle House. This is Trevor Lawrence talking about uh, his trip to Waffle House. Here we go. Number 12, 12th best right here. We just dropped. <laughs> just, oh, just, uh, that's not on me. I won't accept that. I got no, a frozen computer. Be, man. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. We're back. We're back. Ridiculous. Yeah, I was talking to Brandon. And I can't remember. It was Brandon Sheriff and, and someone else. Maybe EJ uh, hadn't ever been to Waffle House in their life. So that was like a week or two ago. And I was saying, we got to go one day after the game. And then last week, I told him, I was like, once we win on Sunday, we're going to Waffle House. So Marissa actually called and uh, I talked to the Waffle House about like reserving part of it, and they were like, "Well, if you give us a heads up, we can kind of like clear some people out of one area, and yeah, and and have you guys some spots saved." So they did that, and it was great. We had like twenty guys there, so maybe the first reservation at Waffle House. I want to do this right now. I wish we could. <laughs> They've got these rules in, in place where you got to let people know they're on the radio. I I I, I want Tyler to call the Waffle House. Let's do and, it, and I want to see if I can get reservations. Let's do it. I really do. Is I, I, w- I want Tyler to call the Waffle House. I like this. I want to talk. Oh, this is going to be I good. I want to talk to the Waffle House attendant. You have to tell her that she's on the radio. Right. But I want, I, want to, I want to call the Waffle House to see if we can get reservations. I didn't even know you could. I didn't even know that was something you could do. I don't think you can unless you're a Trevor Lawrence Unless you're Lawrence Trevor type. Lawrence? Yeah. Well, I'll just tell him I'm. Well, that probably won't work. <laughs> who, who? What was going to be your go-to? I'll tell him I'm. <laughs> yeah, it's running the show. That was going to be your coach. <laughs> yeah, just tell me it was me. All right, the show I did, man. I did get recognized today by uh, Deshaun, uh, the guy who, who runs the uh, the Exxon near my house. Oh, not Deshaun Watson. No. Okay, no, good. Not Deshaun Watson. Well, I don't think it was. I don't Deshaun, want him in this town. I came in, got me a little uh, protein shake. He came in, he said, uh, didn't I see you on TV last week? I did my patented line. Guilty as charged. And, uh, <laughs> the showman. And then my man said, "Wasn't you on Isaiah the Factor?" <laughs> That's awesome. No, it wasn't. No, it, that is I funny. Was awesome. No, the, uh, the like the, I didn't know. Like at first, I think the I'm other thinking channel. Myself, Did you call me? Are you saying I look like Isaiah? Or are you? And I was like, No, no, I was on. Uh, you probably caught me on sports. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. My favorite part, Deshaun said, "Yeah, you was on there with Randy and them." <laughs> Yeah, uh, hey, but he got it on the follow-up. No, he did. He did. He did know this. Show we know you don't know much about Waffle House since you don't go. Listen. No, that's Denny's that show hates on. Waffle House and Denny's are very are, are two very different things. I don't I disagree. Gonna, I thought you were going to put them in the I, same group. I was like, no, oh, no, be no, careful. No, I think they're different things. Like to me, I just I reached a space. If we this has been been talked about it, I've reached a space where 
I, I'm a I if I'm gonna go get breakfast, I'm a I'm above IHOP and Waffle That's so ridiculous. Now I can I, I'll go in there and I'll go in and knock off a Waffle House. Uh, but, but but Denny's and IHOP are in a different place. I mean, not, not nothing nothing wrong with it, but just I'm in a different. No, I'm in a you different you place. have a, an unhealthy hatred for it's Denny's. Not, no, it's not hatred. I just have an improved palate. But Johnny, he judged the hell out of me because I took my wife to breakfast at Denny's before work one morning. It's ridiculous. Just wait, man. Just why? wait. Just why? go. Like, if you're going you're, to, you, listen, this man got maroon money is what he tells us. <laughs> go somewhere. Go somewhere. That's true. This man gets jet skis and stuff for, for, for birthdays. Go yeah. somewhere and enjoy some good breakfast. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Denny's, I mean, there's Denny's is for certain people. For some, for some people, some people like Denny's, some people love Denny's. It's the breakfast spot for Luby clientele. Come on now. For older people. And Luby's is awesome. Don't wake up in the morning Luby's and take, awesome. in there. Make, take her somewhere and get her something nice. But it's like it's going to a breakfast. bingo hall, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, hold on now. I, I take my wife to nice meals. I know you do. There weren't a lot of places open at that time. Wait an hour. <laughs> we were hungry. <laughs> Wait an hour. Get a snack. I had to get, get back a, home to the pups. Get a snack. No, you didn't. <laughs> All right, coming up, Clint Sterner's football at four. Um, there's one coaching candidate that's got a chance to interview, and I think there's a real good shot he could get a job coaching and being a head coach this year in this NFL cycle. I'm not about him at all, and the Texans are going to interview him. We'll discuss that coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 